Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast. I am your host, Casey Allen, and it is September 23rd, 2023. And you know what that means. It's the final count. Okay, I won't sing because I'm a horrible singer and a little bit tone deaf, but pro rodeo fans, you know what's up. It's the last week of the PRCA and WPRA's regular season. That means over a week from now, after the close of Sioux Falls, we are going to know who the top 15 ladies are that are going to the national finals of breakaway roping in December in Las Vegas. No, we'll not be at the Thomas and Mac, but hey, that's a story for a different day. Go listen to some of our women in rodeo coverage if you want to learn more about that. Anyway, back to the task at hand. With just a week left of the pro rodeo season, it's turning into a bit of a knife fight out there. There is no rodeo limit, so these girls can hit as many rodeos as they possibly can trying to win money to bag that last position. Now, we're going to have another episode talking about Sioux Falls, the Governor's Cup, Cinch Playoffs. All that good stuff, that's a whole separate issue. But just so you guys know what's going on right now, number 15 in the world, Erin Johnson. She's a Colorado lady. She's got great horsepower. She's a veteran. She knows what she's doing out there. She's a former WPRA world champion. She's got $63,200 won. And the number 16 spot is another lady who was at the NFBR last year, Samantha Fulton. She's from South Dakota. She is just over $1,000 behind Johnson with a little over $62,000 won. Number 17 position, another NFBR qualifier, resist all, former Resist All Rookie of the Year, Madison Uthier, Texas lady. She's got $56,000, so it does drop down a little bit after that. 18 position, we've got Jordy Edens, another younger Texas lady, and she is $54,000 on the books right now. So that's where it kind of starts to dip off. But just so you guys know, we are tracking every rodeo that these girls are entered at. These girls are entered up at the end of the season. They are flying around, driving around, and our crew at the Breakaway Roping Journal, myself and Lillian Kent especially, have been tracking, looking at day sheets, trades lists, figuring out what's going on. We are going to be watching right up until those walk-up replacement rodeos at the end of the season in places like Maine. We're going to be giving you guys play-by-plays all through Sioux Falls and the Governor's Cup next weekend. It's going to be super exciting. But... What are we here to talk about today? We are not actually here to talk about the NFBR race and the bubble race, even though it's super exciting, nor are we going to talk about that world standings battle going on at the top between Haley Williams and Shelby Beaujolais all summer long, nor are we going to talk about the Angeloni sisters sitting third and fourth in the world. We're going to talk about the current number eight lady who's got $85,700 already won on the year. She's a former NFBR qualifier. She is the reigning Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo Champion. We're talking about Cheyenne Gullery. She's currently living in Oklahoma. You're going to hear her talk about her career outside of rodeo. You're going to hear her talk about the other sport she used to play that was not involved in rodeo and why she took some time off from the sport. You're going to hear her amazing story. 
Cheyenne Guillory is just a super positive person. Every time I've been around her, she's always got a smile on her face. Her horses always look amazing. You can tell she takes great care of them. She always just looks so put together. She ropes outstanding. Her mental game is solid. I've been wanting to get Cheyenne on here for such a long time, and I'm just so excited to have her on. As I mentioned, she's a past qualifier to the National Finals Breakaway Roping, so she has been there, seen the sights, done that. She's engaged right now, so she's doing a little wedding planning while she's on the road. Uh, she's engaged to tie down roper Cody McCartney. So I think you guys are really going to hear. I think you guys are really going to enjoy hearing from Cheyenne today. She's got some funny stories about being on the road, and it's just a fun episode for you guys to get a little background on one of the ladies that you are going to see in Las Vegas coming up. So before I get too long winded, we'll talk a little bit more about what's ahead at the end of this episode. But first off, I've got to give a shout out to Equinity because they are who brought you this episode today. So make sure to go to teamequinity.com, check out their great products. And I'm going to tell you a little more about them at the commercial break. Without further ado, Let's jump right in and let you guys hear from Cheyenne Goulery, who was gracious enough to give me a little bit of time to talk to her while she was out on the road hauling just before Pialop. What have you been up to? Where out in the world are you? Um, we are, I'm up at Lewiston, Idaho tomorrow, so we're just hanging out in Coeur d'Alene for today. Just hanging out in the northwest for the last couple of weeks and have one more week before i head back to oklahoma i gotcha so are you circuit rodeo when you come back or what's the no our circuit i think that our our circuit is either wrapped up or gonna kind of finish up but i have the circuit finals made so i won't i won't go to any more of those i'll just go um, I'll go to like Abilene, Amarillo, um, hopefully Sioux Falls, and then and then our circuit finals are in October, so I'll do that, and then like the Riata Buckle in November, and then the Breakaway Finals, and then uh, the Gold Buckle Fraturity in December is kind of really all that I'll go to until like the winter rodeos kick back up. Oh, that's all. Just a little bit going on. Yeah, it, it it could be a lot more, but I'm vetoing most of it. Unless it's one of those deals, I'm I'm not going. I gotcha. So talk to me, like, give me the five-minute Cheyenne Goulery story, because I feel like I've not got a chance to talk to you about your background enough. It's always, like, what you're winning that week. Um, well, that's normally a good thing when I get to talk to you. It's normally a very good thing. So I grew up in central Louisiana. Uh, my dad was a first-generation calf roper, and he also ran racehorses. Um, so I grew up around horses, uh, around a lot of horses. We had we had over, like, 100 head of horses growing up because uh, we had a small breeding operation. And my dad actually ran, because uh, I know what's going on today, ran in the All-American, like, the year that I was born in 97 and ran third in it. Um, and then after we were kind of growing up and we were – I was starting to rope and ride and stuff. He wanted to be home with us. So we just kind of had a breeding operation that allowed him to be there to practice with us every day. Um, so I grew up, you know, just like every other rodeo kid, junior high rodeo, junior rodeos. Uh, I high school rodeoed for two years, and I actually started playing softball my freshman year of high school. 
and I didn't rope from after my sophomore year of high school until after my sophomore year of college. So I took a four-year break, um, and I I played softball at Louisiana College for two years. It's just a small uh, Christian school. I think it's it's a Baptist university in Pineville, Louisiana. Um, And then I just, I knew that I would always come back to Ropen, and it was the year that they added it into the American. And so I said, oh, I'm tired. I'm I'm ready to start back Ropen. So I did. And then in 2020, like right when COVID was starting, me and my dad moved to Texas. And then that year was when, that year was whenever they started adding it into pro rodeos. I didn't rodeo that year. So I didn't, I didn't rodeo that year. Um, I retired one of my older horses and I had um, Hawk, which is little sorrel that I ride a lot now. I was seasoning him. And then that, that year, my dad also passed away. So I didn't rodeo that year. Uh, I just kind of finished school, got my real estate license and seasoned my horse. And then the next year is the first year that I rodeoed. I gotcha. Was that the first year you had bought your card or had you bought it to do anything WPRA before? I think I bought it that I did. I bought it that first year because I went to like Woodward and like maybe Mesquite and stuff like that. But I didn't, I didn't go rodeo, you know. I gotcha. So 2021 made the NFBR whole different rodeo landscape than now. Kind of talk to me about how each season has gone for you and how things are going for the breakler ropers out there? Um, as a whole, you know, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that's changed is who we call the world champion. Um, because now we get an opportunity to be like the other contestants and go rodeo and be gone for four months out of the year. Um, and there's a gold buckle at the end of the tunnel for somebody, you know, it used to be, it was, if you lived in Texas or Oklahoma, you know, you jackpotted or you got to stay home during the week and you drove a couple hours to a jackpot and then the WPRA finals and you were a world champion. And now, now we're like the other contestants. So I think that is, I think that's really awesome. And I think that it puts a lot more weight on being a breakaway world champion. Um, because there's nothing like being on the road and being gone and away from your family, not getting to practice, you know, and all the things that go with it. Um, for me personally, 21, I was the high money winner over the 4th of July. Um, I, I just kind of loaded up and said, I'm going to go over the 4th and see how it goes. And I was fortunate to do really good. Um, and then I went, you know, I, I came home for a few weeks and then went back out to just finish the season and, and get the finals made. Um, and then last year was a different story for me. Last year, I, it kind of came down to the end for me, and I had to really make some things happen to make the finals. Um, I ended up winning, or I split San Juan and won second at Pendleton, and that was like the kind of the kind of final push for me to make the finals. Um and then this year is completely different again. Uh, you know, I won Fort Worth and started out on a really good note, and I've kind of just placed along since then and, and held my spot. Um, but obviously it's 
we always want to win every rodeo we're at. So no matter what situation you're in, you know, the, the want to win is still there, especially when you're out here and you're, you know, away from home and you're out here to rope. Yeah, it puts a little more pressure on it when you're like, okay, I'm making my living with the rope out here. Yeah, exactly. Yes, ma'am. Have you been doing any real estate stuff or just focusing on roping? I actually have. Um, you know, I, I have a listing and I, I have a great group. Um, I have a I have my Texas and my Oklahoma license. So I have uh, my broker in Texas and Oklahoma. They're really awesome. And I have some great um, some great coworkers that I work with that. You know, we kind of work together on things if I'm not able to. They're, they're, if I'm out of town or they're out of town, I help them, you know. Um, so I could not have asked for a better broker on my Texas or Oklahoma side as far as real estate goes. And that's awesome. You're doing it all. <laughs> so talk to me about who you got out there. I know some girls are sending horses in different rigs. Um, is Hawk still with you? And do you have any other horses out there? Hawk is Hawk actually um, just got out here a few weeks ago. Um, I I've been out here all year with Gus. Um, that's the horse I rode last year at the Breakaway Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought him last November. Um, it's the horse that Jill Tanner, oh Hunter Heron, actually originally owned him, and then Jill Tanner. That's the horse she qualified for the American on. It's not the horse she rode in AT and T Stadium, but she rode him at the qualifiers in at Fort Worth. Um, and then I bought, I bought him last November. I rode him at the breakaway finals. Um, and I've had him out here all summer. And then I just got Hawk out here a few weeks ago. Um, I placed at him on Walla Walla and I, I'm placing on him at White Sulphur Springs, Montana. Today was the last perf, so I don't know where I ended up, but I was splitting it when I left. Today's episode is brought to you by Equinity. Equinity Horse XL is a 100% pure amino acid supplement that can help your horse perform better from the cellular level. There is no fillers added, no sugars, no starches, no soy, nothing except 100% pure amino acids. What this does for your horse is it can help them from the cellular level perform better. We're talking quicker muscle recovery and stronger collagen for a healthier coat and bones. It can help increase focus help regulate the gut, so many different things. And you can actually use it in combination with Equinity Ultimate OEC. That's a liquid supplement that has a flaxseed-based omega-3 oil, natural vitamin E, colloidal silver, and other ingredients that are there specifically to help your horse from the cellular level. It helps support cardiovascular health, joint health, healthier skin and coat, gastric health, and can help increase immune function. We are so grateful for Equinity for bringing us this episode today. And if you want more information about their products, you've got to check out teamequinity.com. This season, you mentioned Fort Worth. Kind of what were your favorite moments of the year so far? Um, Fort Worth was, was a tough one. It's tough to not mention that one. Um, also, I, I split Oakley. Uh, with Kelsey Chase this year, which that's my second, that's my second time to split that rodeo out of three times that I've been to it. So that was really, that was a really neat way to kind of start off the 4th of July and, uh, and do that again. Um, I placed, I, I placed an average at Sheridan and Caldwell. Um, 
so that anytime I feel like you for the breakaway, you you do well at a multiple head rodeo with the <laughs> amount of girls there are and the variables. Anytime I feel like you place well in the average at a multiple head rodeo is something there's something to be said for that. Awesome. So when you're out there, I mean, how are you keeping your horses going on the road? How are you? I know your horses always look fantastic. Seems like you take great care of them. Um, what are some things that girls can do if they're looking to go on the road to um, get their horses at the highest level? Um, you know, we're always looking for hay. Um, we've had four horses out here in the rig all year long, so we're constantly looking to fill up our hay pod with more hay. Um, and and I, I use equinity on my horses. Um, I have for the last, um, I want to say maybe, maybe... I don't know if it's eight or 10 months, but somewhere around there, maybe eight, eight months. Um, and it's helped a lot. My horse Gus is a pretty, a pretty picky horse. Um, there's a lot of supplements that he won't eat. He'll pick around them or not even eat his grain because if something's in there, that he's just very finicky. Um, but he eats it. I put it, I feed it to him twice a day, the powder and the oil, uh, the equinity ultimate OEC once a day and he eats it he really likes it um he looks forward to eating his grain and it's really helped him i i think you know from the inside out um you know i was always taught by my dad that if your horses if you take care of their insides the outsides will take care of themselves and that's really helped my horses a lot this year especially the one i have that is kind of a worrier and and kind of funny about eating and you mentioned that when you're out there it can be a little tough to find places to practice um, what are some ways that you keep your horses tuned up out there or is it just knowing people and finding places to go practice? Um, I'm, I'm fortunate to, I have a lot of friends that if we need a place to go, we can. Um, but you know, it's kind of one of those things that you want to be prepared before you get out here, which sometimes, you know, things happen and we obviously always need to tune up when we can, but um, I try to just make sure that I have a horse that I know that I can figure out how to win on because, you know, you could go, you could go 10 runs before you get to chase a practice calf. And so I think the biggest thing is to be confident in the horse that you take out here, because even if it has quirks or it has things, if, if you are a person that can work through them and know what to do with that horse, if you know a horse, I think that that's the number one thing, but yeah, anytime that you can, you can find a place to practice. Um, that is, that always helps. And we do. And, and I mainly like to go, go to a place and score a lot more so than just get a bunch of runs. But I, I try to make sure that the horse that I bring out here, I know that I'm going to be capable of figuring out a way to win on them and make adjustments in between runs. That makes a lot of sense. Has there been anything that you worked on this year before you went out there or after you got out there? that was a goal for this year or something you feel like you've been doing well with your roping? I would say placing at multiple head rodeos. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I won second in the average at Sheridan, second or third, maybe. I know I won third at Caldwell. Um, Cheyenne this year, you know, Cheyenne is a really tough rodeo logistically because like in the last round, like I made the performances and my calf had one more run on it than all the other ones in my set. And it was really, really fast. I was I don't know if it was one or two out of making it or whatever, but 
Um, I would say that, you know, because the, the multiple head rodeos are tough because there's just a lot of variables that go into them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and this could be when you're on the road or anywhere else. Um, how have you mastered your mental game out there? Like, I've never seen you get super shook up in the arena, it seems like. Um, if you get somewhere and you maybe have a good, you know, a couple runs that aren't that good. What are some ways that you've stayed mentally tough or learned to be mentally tough out there? You know, I, this year, it's, it's funny. I, this year, it seems like if I could make it to the rodeo, I was fine, but (laughs) we have had so much rig trouble. Um, just literally almost anything that you can think of. Um, so, you know, that has been the biggest thing this year to overcome because I've never had that much trouble. And this year it seems like it's just when I get one thing fixed, something else breaks. Um, you know, but I think that the biggest thing as far as roping, um, especially when you're out here, you just have to, I know, you know, the famous thing to say is to have a short memory, but you just have to give yourself a little bit of time. You know, everybody's different. Um, Give yourself a little bit of time to figure out what went wrong and what you need to fix. Um, But in some form or fashion, you have to figure out a way to wash it and move on to the next run. And that's tough because sometimes we have five minutes to move on to the next run. And sometimes we have five hours. Sometimes we have five days on the rare occasion, you know. Um, But whatever it is, you have to look at what went wrong. you know, sometimes we have a no-chance cab. Sometimes our horse wasn't very good, and if my horse wasn't very good, I try to figure out why, if it was something that I did, you know, or if he just had a bad day or whatever it is. But I think the biggest thing is just figuring out what the problem was and where it came from and just decide what I'm going to do to try to fix it the next run. And are you hauling with Riley George? Yes, ma'am. I got you. So she's a rookie this year. Has she been shaken by any of the things breaking down? Has she learned any lessons with uh, you out there? She's probably a little calmer with the things breaking <laughs> down than I am. Um, <laughs> no, she's she's super, super, um, I would just say good-minded about everything. And, and she's taken it all in. Um, but, yeah, she's definitely calmer about the rig breaking down than I am. We're going to have to get you guys on U.S. Roper. Yeah, she, Cody, Cody, she would, Cody would just call her to talk to her about it because I was not in a frame of mind to talk about it. <laughs> Have you we guys been? Wrote down, we wrote down on the way to Caldwell Short Round. I don't even remember where we were headed from, but we were headed from somewhere to Caldwell Short Round. We blow a bearing. Uh, we're on the side of the road and the trail, everything is smoking. It was really, really hot. Uh, luckily, we broke down close to the Craig's place. Um, I think they're in Wendell, Idaho, and we had to unhook. We we lent the trailer to like an RV place, and they were very angry at us for leaving. Like when we we went to the Craigs and got their tr- stock trailer and came back, we were just mainly trying to get the horses off the side of the interstate. Um, and they were really angry that we unloaded the horses and loaded them right onto the stock trailer, called the sheriff's department on us. Um, we ended up getting everything situated and made it to the rodeo and got the trailer fixed the next day. But it was an ordeal. Yeah, that sounds like it. Like, uh-oh, Cheyenne's in the back of the cop car. <laughs> yeah, l- yeah, luckily there was a really, there was one guy that I guess, like owned part of the property in the back and he was the one that was really rude about it and I just said sir I'm really sorry I'm just 
you can call the cops if you want, but I'm not leaving my horses on the side of the interstate. And there was a lady that worked in the RV place. And whenever, I don't know if the sheriff's department drove out there or if they called, but she's like, it's okay. They're going to be out here in 10 minutes. Just don't worry about it. So she saved us, I guess, from getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they were going to do, but. Oh my goodness. Sounds like quite the summer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it has been. We got one more week left. Oh, shoot. What about Puyallup and Sioux Falls? Have Has that been, like, kind of fun for you guys to play into this year? Are you stressed about it at all? Like, I'm so no, you interested. Know, you know, last year um, when I was fighting to make the finals, um, I didn't get into Puyallup. So that was one of the big things. Like, I had to do good at Pendleton and some of the big ones rodeos left because I was not in Puyallup. Um, so... You know, I was nervous trying to make it into Puyallup last year, and I didn't. And uh, this year, I'm in a good spot going in. So I'm really excited to up there. Um, I'm excited for a chance to move up in the standings, you know, some more. And um, I'm really looking forward to open there this year. Well, heck yeah. Well, I don't want to keep you all day, but I have to ask everybody that comes on, um, what is the best advice that you've ever been given? It can be rodeo, life, anywhere. You know, one of the best, I would say, roping uh, pieces of advice I've ever been given <clears throat> was actually from Roy Durfee the first year that I rodeoed. Uh, we went to Deadwood, the standalone uh, breakaway, at the beginning of the year in May. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him uh, just about rodeo one and then I was playing on rodeo on that year and um something he said has always stuck out to me and I always find myself coming back to it whenever I'm in a slump or just having trouble um he told me that it doesn't matter what rodeo you're at or you know who's there or how much money is added but your number one job is to compete against the calf uh you know you're not competing against yourself or anyone else you're competing against the calf and if you can figure out a way more times than not to hit the barrier and take your first good throw, then you're always a winner. And I think that that really plays into breakaway because at these one headers, you know, there's, there's so many girls there. There can be a hundred girls entered and um, everyone has different styles. You know, some people have fast horses, some people have slow horses, some girls have short ropes some girls have long ropes and everyone ropes different um and so i think it's just really important to always focus on your game and doing what you do best um so that's probably the best thing one of the best things i've ever been given as far as roping that's some awesome advice from from one of the best in the game <laughs> yes ma'am All right, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed my talk with Cheyenne as much as I did. Be sure to check us out on breakawayropingjournal.com. Follow us on social media and don't be scared to let us know if you guys want to hear from somebody specific on this episode. We try to make it fun for you guys. We try to vary up the guests as much as we can. That's why we've been bringing in the tie down breakdown and the goat tying breakdown to try to get you guys some perspectives from the tie down and goat tying side of things, along with different perspectives in the breakaway industry. Now, what else is going on during the month of September? I already mentioned that we are going to be tracking that bubble race and we are going to be following all the action at the cinch playoffs, the Governor's Cup in Sioux Falls, South Dakota next weekend. Why is that such a big deal? We've got an awesome article, a few articles on our website, actually, that talk about this payout, which is going to feature a grand prize of $25,000 in the short round. It's not a super 
top heavy payout rodeo, right? So there's a lot of other money to be won there. The rounds are going to pay really well. Then they're going to advance to an eight man round, then to a four man round where there's honestly all four checks in the short round are big money enough to make a difference, not only in the bubble race, but in that world standings race. There is more up for grabs at Sioux Falls than many of the rodeos this year. That million dollar payout was evenly distributed across all eight events. So we just want to say shout out to the committee there and the state of South Dakota for bringing in equal added money in the breakaway roping and also for all of the rodeos and the committees that have just been totally on board for breakaway roping this year. I mean, the amount of money that's been won this year is crazy. We've got Haley Williams sitting number one in the world with over $145,000, but Shelby Beaujolais is right behind her with over $136,000 won. And don't forget about those Angeloni sisters. They've got $114,000 and $112,000 on the books. It's just crazy. With a week left in the season, we've got the top four ladies in the world that are already over $100,000. So again, shout out to everybody in the pro rodeo sphere that has been supporting breakaway ropers and pushing for them. Along that same vein, it is Women in Rodeo Month over at the Breakaway Roping Journal. We've partnered with BarrelRacing.com, the Team Roping Journal, and CalfRoping.com, and three incredible sponsors are Watson Boots, Resist All, and Mane and & Tail. And they are all passionate about putting the spotlight on women in the sport. We have some incredible articles that we have compiled with a ton of statistics, a ton of numbers, and a ton of spotlights on some of the incredible women of the past, the present. And we're even talking about some of those up and comers, talking about the next generation of breakaway ropers. So you guys need to be following us at Breakaway Roping Journal on all social accounts, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Make sure you're keeping up with the insane amount of content that our team is pushing out because we want you guys to just be as excited about the women's role in the sport of rodeo and how it's changing, how it's evolving every day and what's on the horizon. Again, make sure you guys check out teamequinity.com because they are who's bringing you this podcast and we are so grateful for equinity. You guys will be hearing from me soon. We're going to have some exciting content coming up, more coverage. I'm going to be giving you guys as many updates as I can as the season's closing. Lillian Kent and I have been working together so closely and our boss, Chelsea Schaefer, who is the editor over the Team Roping Journal, is going to be at Sioux Falls next weekend. So we will not miss a second of Pro Rodeo action as things drop. And then after that, we're looking right ahead to circuit finals. We're looking ahead to the Riata Buckle Breakaway Roping. By the way, have you guys heard about that? It is the largest paying breakaway roping in the country, over $300,000 going to breakaway ropers. So if you've got a horse that's Riata Buckle eligible, entry forms are online right now. All that information is at breakawayropingjournal.com. You have got to check it out. All kinds of exciting things going on. We've got every second covered for you guys. And just thank you so much for listening once again.